tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Three, two, TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to a brand new UFC AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronado and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Mr. J. Tan. Hi, lady. Hi, hi. <laughs> it's just us two today, guys. So that gives us tons of time to talk about these two amazing cards. Yeah. There was two over the weekend, both on Saturday night, October 4th. One was UFC Fight Night 53, Nelson vs. Story in Stockholm, Sweden. And the second one was UFC Fight Night 54, McDonald vs. Safadine in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Yeah, this is the last of a six-week run for us. Back to back to back to back to back. Is that five or six yet? To back. One more. One more. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. I think in this uh, this six-week span, we've covered probably, I'd say, nine to ten different events. Yeah, not including Um, the Ultimate Fighter show that we do Not including the Ultimate Fighter and, you know, about five hours each on average for, for each event. So... Uh, yeah, we're a little bit uh, burned out here, but happy <laughs> to to go out on a strong note here. Uh, fight nights fifty three and fifty four, uh, one emanating from Stockholm, Sweden, and yep. the other from the Great White North, Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. I think it was the first UFC in Halifax, right? Yeah, yeah, very interesting note. Uh, the first one in Halifax, of course, Canada is a huge. A uh, huge bastion of MMA fans. MMA fans, and UFC. for sure. But the third time, I believe, that they've been to Sweden. So really, yeah, okay. Um, I guess per capita, <laughs> more MMA fans there or something. <laughs> Probably Sweden seems to be a very fastly growing MMA mm-hmm. culture. Yeah, the Europe in general, I think, really Definitely. is uh, um, because you've got so many different countries mm-hmm. in this um, in, in the same land area. You know, mm-hmm. gr- granted, some of them. Um, uh, up north, hanging off of uh, bodies of water. Some of you know, not quite connected to the mainland of Europe, right. but you've got all these different countries, and to that end, each smaller region, each region has their own um, their own fight scenes. Yeah. Um. So you know, it, like it's we've seen thing. Ireland over the past couple of years has been huge, mm-hmm. growing in MMA. Yeah. Um, Sweden's another one. England has led the way. Uh, when I was working for uh, for another company several years ago, mm-hmm. um, they amassed quite a few companies under their umbrella. Um, it was you know, Pro Elite, uh, which was around in uh, 2007 to 2008 okay. or nine, I believe. And Pro Elite was the uh, the umbrella corporation or company that uh-huh. bought uh, Cage Rage, which was in Europe. Uh, they had a deal with a Korean company called Spirit MC. Mm-hmm. Uh, two Hawaiian promotions that have been very uh, popular, including the one that uh, the Penn family ran, uh, Rumble on the Rock. And um, so I went over to Cage Rage a couple of times and could see – and this was 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that point, the, the fans were there. There were big names like uh, Paul Daly was big there. Right, Tom right. Kong Watson, who's you know fighting the UFC now. Yep. Um, trying to think who else. Bunch of guys you know have have 
come and stayed and come and gone. But I think that was around the time that Michael Bisping really started to – his star started he to was shine. He a huge name of, out of there. Yeah, off of Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know they've largely led the way over the past several years. But Absolutely. Ireland has grown in their scene. Um, I believe even – well, the UFC has been to Germany a couple of times. There's a lot of German fighters coming right. out, you know, and uh, uh, fin- I was going to say Finland. Um, excuse me, Sweden uh-huh. and uh, and even France. I'm not sure, actually, believe it or not, I'm not sure if MMA is legal in France yet. That's but a good point. There are quite a number of great fighters coming out of France. Isn't it crazy that MMA is still illegal in New York City? In yeah, New York well, State. the whole state. Yeah. yeah, that's boy, that's a whole other barrel of monkeys, right? You know, but it's of, so crazy that we we've spread so wide, we mm-hmm. we have spread so far. Yet one of our own states, you still can't compete yeah. in the sport. You could train there. There's there's plenty of MMA gyms there, and Muay and Thai. And there gyms, is a loophole where amateur MMA goes on uh, in New York as well. Really? Yeah. What's that loophole like? Um, I believe that professional. Uh, I think it's something to do with the, the wording in the law where okay. MMA is actually prohibited, that it's professional MMA or oh, professional – Martial arts. Con- yeah, mixed martial arts, right, something, something that. Like that. So if you're doing amateur, if the guys aren't getting paid and it's technically not professional, then you can run a show. Interesting. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I think a lot of the amateur – there's a great show in, in New Jersey as well. Um, called Ring of Combat. Yeah, and, and the they do CFFC a lot of is another one. That, yeah. Yeah, it's down in Atlantic City. A lot of my okay. friends back home fight for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely huge on the East Coast. Just you can't do it in New York City. Wouldn't it be great to see uh, something go down Madison Square Garden in the next coming years? That's been something the UFC has been working on for a while. And, you know, it really is just a matter of the, the legislature, the law passing. I believe right. that there's enough popular, uh, um, popular push or, or support among right. uh I want to say the state um uh the the state house mm-hmm. representatives um but then it gets it's either that or the senate I forgot which way the bill if a bill goes through the senate first and then the house when it comes to New York state right. uh, laws um or if it's vice versa okay. but I know that for the past several years it's gotten to the first house uh and passed and then gone to the second and Either Got gets, gets failed, yeah. Either is declined there, or doesn't even get on the docket. Okay, and then we end up having. To so wait we're on our way. We're just not quite there yet. I think it's a matter of time before the U.S. I think is so too. Madison I mean, Square especially Garden. with huge New York guys like Chris Weidman, mm-hmm. hopefully pushing for it. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. He could fight in his home. Sure, that would be a huge fight. Chris yeah. Weidman in his home state. Exactly. That's Whew. a no-brainer. You know, the that's economy. Like a- the, the money that that's going to bring to New York City, you know, mm-hmm. as as New Yorkers say, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. You're a New Yorker, technically. I am. Let's I, hear I, it. I don't. Well, no, for, I, I'm from upstate, so so I don't got a. I don't really have an accent, at least not that I've ever thought. You know. Yeah, I don't hear one. But yeah. Once again, I'm from New Jersey, so I wouldn't hear one probably. Yeah, but you've been gone for what, like five minutes? Yeah. I've been not here for fifteen. This years. is true. <laughs> you may have d- uh, have adapted to the to the West Coast ways. Yeah. Anywho. We we need that little uh, thing that says your hosts have gotten off topic. No, we don't need that. I don't want to hear that, guys. No. I hate that thing. Just ride with us. Yeah, ride with us. Well, yeah, let's go to Stockholm, Sweden. Yes, let's start at the <laughs> bottom of the main card. We have all right, guys. Don't mind me with these pronunciations. Um, it's going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> we have Nicholas Backstrom mm-hmm. versus Mike the Warrior Wilkinson. That one was easy. Uh, Mike Wilkinson won first round TKO. That was a Beautiful, yeah. beautiful straight right. Wasn't that something? Knocked him right on his um, ass. Nicholas Backstrom came in with a very long reach advantage. Yeah. Uh, much taller. And, uh, yeah. and and Mike 
Well, yeah, it was, it was a, a KO in round one, about a minute 20 into uh, into the first round. Backstrom was – there was quite a bit of a feeling out process, I felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backstrom was seemed like he was using his length pretty well. He was throwing these uh, high heel kicks to the head. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't a push kick, right? No, it wasn't. Right up the middle. It wasn't like that, but it was kind of hitting the side, the of, side, of, his the side of Wilkinson's face with the heel. And uh, landed a few of those, but it didn't seem to phase Wilkinson. And, no, it didn't. And as as he was going in, Wilkinson had his back to the cage, and uh, as Backstrom was coming in and threw one of those, right? Um, I saw we saw Wilkinson uh, kind of uh, duck and then run in with a uh, with what I think was going to be a a, sh- <laughs> a, a it was a, a right straight, right? But it was more like a ninety degree right, and you know he didn't get to finish it Backstrom before. Backstrom walked into Backstrom it. Backstrom walked right into it. Yep. Timber, yeah. Nicholas Backstrom was the hometown guy. He was mm-hmm. the Swede, um, obviously the favorite. So Wilkinson got a couple boos there, but nonetheless, it was an amazing play. When you're going against someone that's so long and so mm-hmm. tall, you, really, your only move, your best move, is to get under one of those punches. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if he were to throw a huge overhand right or, or a nice wide hook, that's usually mm-hmm. the, the shorter person's best chance to get under one of those. Once you get those under- Those strikes or getting under those strikes? Getting mean? under those strikes. Okay, yeah. Um, and kind of taking that step in. Once you mm-hmm. get inside on, uh, especially me, I have pretty long arms for my weight class. Yeah. Once you get inside of my arms mm-hmm. and you're here, mm-hmm. it leaves me in a position where I can't extend to hit you. Right. I would I would be hitting over you That's or around you. when somebody is inside the pocket. As inside they say. the pocket, as yeah. they say. Yeah. So he did the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. He he kind of dodged one of those big big shots, mm-hmm. went inside, and for some dirty boxing, he yeah. didn't even have to go in that long. Hit him with one straight, and it was over. Yeah. So, well, that's typical uh, typical strategy when you're dealing with that kind of length. Absolutely. You know, the the shorter bulldog has to go in and attack from from yep. inside there, huh? It's just have it's just having that. That the the guts or the courage to go under underneath mm. one of those big punches because a lot of time they're scared to get caught with the knee. Right. Um, it's like crossing the moat trying to get into the castle. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> and I'm just referring to sparring with this this girl in my gym who's so tall. Yeah. She's like six foot two, and it's like Steffi. Yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to get hit by one of these long jabs, but if I just get under the first one, I'm in. Right. And I'm golden. Yeah. So it's like you just got to take that step. You got to get inside. Right. And then the, the rest the infiltration. Mm-hmm. How many times has that exactly. been like a movie storyline? <laughs> you know, in the best action, we just got to get in there, infiltrate, like Star yeah. Wars. Very Star first Star Wars, Wars. Very Ben good Kenobi example. turning off the tractor pull, huh? Mm-hmm. I was thinking we of can this. always bring it back to bacon. <laughs> Star Wars is movies great and sports they really tie together. This is why it's entertainment. Sports entertainment. You know, there you go, guys. <laughs> J Tan, he just explained to you the the story of AfterBuzz TV and Star Wars. Yeah, Star, Star Wars, Wars to MMA. Check me out. Check you out. Pat yourself on the back there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so for Wilkinson's uh, efforts, though, in the minute 19, he won. Uh, he was one of the performance bonuses of the night. Yes. Uh, the other one was Max Holloway with uh, another fantastic uh, first-round finish uh, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about uh, very D- shortly. D- they considered uh, Wilkinson a KO, not a TKO? Uh, I have it by KO. Uh, okay. My notes are KO, pretty You're probably sure. probably right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next, we have Alir the Sledgehammer mm-hmm. Latifi versus Jan Blakovich. Nice. Yeah, you well like done. that? That was okay. good. Yeah. Jan Blakovich, uh, he won first round TKO again. Uh, beautiful body kick by Jan Blakovich, followed mm-hmm. by that leg kick. And yeah. then I think it was a big overhand right, and he finished him on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Latifi rushed in. This, again, uh, I don't have the time here. No, 311. 311. Uh, I remember Latifi rushing in, uh, I think kind of trying to blitz early in the round. Right. Um, 
but wasn't quite able to um, to maximize and, and really get control of Blockovich. Right. And again, we, that was also another uh, kind of David and Goliath sized match, right? Yes. Um, so Blockovich, then uh, you know, there were it was a bit of a, a feeling out process. Uh, Blockovich just landed that left kick to the liver. <laughs> Oof. Fiercely, and you could see Latifi. He doubled over immediately. Yeah, yeah, he was struggling to stay up, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, the writing was on the wall on on his face and his yeah. body language, um, and so Blakovich was able to turn to, that switch on. Exactly, as take advantage of the it. situation. Yeah, pounced any, on him. Any any good great fighter, I should say, with that instinctual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gut feeling. As soon as they see, it's like seeing your prey weakened. You pounce, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. and you finish. Yep, and that's Smell exactly blood. what he did. He yeah. He went for that. He had that kick. As soon as he doubled over, he was like, I got him. He smelled the blood, like you said. Yeah. Went in there and finished it Latifi perfectly executed. Is an interesting uh, is an interesting case here as a UFC fighter. He was the one right. that took about a year ago, I believe, maybe a little more, a year and uh-huh. a half, uh, was a last-minute replacement for to fight Gegard Mousasi. I'm trying to remember who exactly uh, dropped out. He, he dropped out, yeah. I want to say... I don't even want to guess. I'd have to look it up, frankly. But he was one of those guys that came in the very last minute. I want to say even like a five-day notice or something. Wow. And uh, went in and and fought fought Musasi. And and really it was one of those scenarios where he had nothing to lose. Um, And uh, unfortunately for him, uh, got beat by Musasi. I think Musasi finished him in like the first or so. But when you're in a situation like that, very typically, the UFC will give you a longer contract, you know, because you've done them a favor. Really? Yeah. Okay. So he's gone on. Uh, he's after that, he won his next two matches. He's been pretty busy this year. Won his next two matches. Okay. And then came up against uh, Blakovich, who himself has had quite a bit of buzz in Europe. You know, we talked about the different countries where mm-hmm. MMA is coming up. Poland. We should have included them on the list. Definitely. They've got a rising uh, scene there. There's a, a promotion called KSW. Uh, in which Blakovich was the uh, uh, was the their champ. light heavyweight champ, yeah, and he's got wins over guys like Houston Alexander, mm-hmm. Sokoju, who was uh, a hot uh, hot name for a minute, um, right around when the UFC bought Pride, uh, they brought him in Sokoju, the the African assassin who finished okay. finished I believe uh, one of the Nogueira brothers and then Ricardo Arona back to back, which wow. at the time yeah were just Those are shocking names. finishes, yeah. Uh, and Mario Miranda, who himself uh, fought in the UFC, mm-hmm. so Blakovich comes in. He's, I believe, now with this win, he's nineteen and three. Um, you know, but yeah, there was some buzz, at least in the, I think, in the European community about him. Okay, uh, and this being his his UFC debut, hell of a uh, hell of a debut. Definitely a nice debut. Good, also, start. he's on the main card as a debuter. I love mm-hmm. seeing that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Ilir, I mean, what mm-hmm. do we know about him? Well, as I said, he's he's a guy that uh, you know had. Uh, um, I want to say he's local. Uh, I believe he lives in Sweden. Okay. Um, and uh, you know had uh, is now two and two in the UFC. We'll we'll see what happens with him. Okay. Um, but I think it was just that that strike that uh, uh, that got him. He's one of those guys where that um, that can be overwhelmed. I think if you catch him and he's he's stunned. Right. Um, you know he has a um, he has a tough time. Uh, kind of recuperating from on that, you know, he's he is he's prone. Killer. Yeah, if he gets stunned, he is prone. And you know, as we saw with Masasi, and of course with uh, Blakovich here, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you smell blood in the water, there is that window where you can pounce on him. Right, you know? definitely. So, Either I think, way, I think he'll fight. be around for a little bit more still. Probably. Yeah. Uh, someone who is so young but has been around for quite some time <laughs> is next Akira. Kurosani yep. versus Max Blessed Holloway. Max mm-hmm. Holloway is 22 years old, guys. 
22. That caught you off guard. I it saw a little bit, so right? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. It's definitely not his first UFC fight either. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy is a killer. First round TKO by Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. Um, he was against the his back was against the cage, and he was in the middle of reversing it when he kneed um, Kurosani right in the face. Yeah. And then followed it with an amazing overhand right and finished with brutal ground and pound on the ground. I loved it. Loved it. Perfect execution, in my opinion. This is the kind of win that I'm like, okay, he had a drawing board. Mm-hmm. He put up what he wanted to do. He stepped in the cage and did exactly that. Yeah. Like, I didn't see any any mistakes here. Yeah. Max, um, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm kind of what jumping to my over notes there? over here <laughs> there. I'm hoping it's, uh, yep, it is definitely uh, off camera, mostly off camera Look here. At that. Just so double sneaky. checking. Um, but Max is a guy that's come in, you know, with a huge potential. That was his uh, fourth uh, fourth win in a row uh-huh. in the UFC. And um, how many how many fights has he had in the UFC? His record is oh in the UFC. In the UFC, yeah. Sorry, uh, three, four, five, six. Seven. Well, he goes back to uh, UFC one forty three in two thousand twelve. Okay. So he's been in the UFC since two thousand and twelve. Yeah, February two thousand twelve, and I see, let's see, three. Three and three. So he's been in the UFC seven and three. since he was like 20 his, years his old. His UFC uh, record right now is seven and three. Wow. And yeah, I feel like especially with this uh, with this um, performance, it, you know, it's time to start uh, start having him face some top 10, top well, lower level top 10 or 15 guys right, right. Uh, in the rankings. I agree. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot to be seen in the future. He's got a bright future. Max does. I yeah, I see Max Holloway being like this breakout kid. I don't know why. There's something in his style, in his attitude. I love it. He's, mm-hmm. he's so young and youthful, but at the same time, he's technical and talented. Mm-hmm. And I just think in in the next coming years, which he has plenty of, mm-hmm. we're going to see him break out. I really yeah. think so. He's been fighting. Let's see, uh, a full record of eleven and three. With his first fight in 2010, the guy's 22. What's the math on that real quickly? Four, Four years, 22. So, so he started fighting when he was 18. 18. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll go with it then. Um, yeah, he was the other one that won a performance bonus uh, on the uh, for for his finish. And, right. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a sweet one. Him and Mike Wilkinson. Yeah. Um, I have notes here. Darren Elkins. I, I thought, I remember we were talking, uh, in the trailer. Uh-huh. Uh, possibly the winner of Darren Elkins and Lucas Martin. Granted, they're, I don't believe that they're in, ranked in the top 15, but I think that somebody, one of that winner would be, would be probably makes sense. A good sense. one for Max Holloway. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Um, my chair, I can tell my chair is dipping. You guys are going to have to pardon me. Everybody on iTunes isn't going to know, even know that, but, uh, you, you guys were, watching you were, out there you're a YouTube low rider world. over there. You were sitting a little low. <laughs> <laughs> Laying in the cut, yes. Laying in the cut. Yeah. All right. Then we have Gunner, Gunny Nelson, and Rick the Horror Story. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was gunning for Gunner, guys. <clears throat> Pardon that pun, although it's unavoidable, it right? Was, it was completely intentional. You know. Um, but, but unfortunately, he lost via split decision. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't let, – let's, let's talk about that because yeah, well, those scores – were pretty interesting. Uh, again, the ten point must system for for any for casual fans here. You know, five rounds in a main event, ten point must system. So your maximum, if you win every round, is going to be you're going to beat somebody fifty to forty five or even less. Right. Um, across the board here, let's the scores were forty seven forty eight for uh, that would have been for Gunner. Mm-hmm. 49-48 for Rick Story, and then fifty forty four. 
which is just an ass kicking ah. by no matter how you define it, you know? Um, I suppose that would, that's, that's somebody winning every round and then one round having a 10-8, which is just a massive domination where you've controlled the guy the whole time and come close to finishing him, se- you know, at least once, twice, several times. Which we didn't see at all. Yeah, I didn't I don't see know that at all. Who scored that? 50-44. I'm sorry, but I disagree with whoever you are. <laughs> um, that was ridiculous. I, I've seen quite a few 10 8 uh, fights in my in my sure. lifetime. Yeah, 10 8s happen. Um, they happen, but I wouldn't by any means say that they're very common. And when they do happen, you're like, holy crap, that yeah. guy just got his ass kicked. When there's a 10 8 round, you know that there's a 10 8 round. Yes, there's no and question about it. None of them were 10 8s no. at all. I scored it uh, 50 to 49. I honestly also don't see how anybody scored it uh, uh, 47 48. Neither do I. For, uh, um, for Gunner. Uh, but at any rate, you know, my thoughts in general on the match were that it was, it seemed pretty even. Mm-hmm. Um, story controlled the, he had cage control to be sure. Um, Gunner just wasn't firing in all cylinders. Pardon yeah. the pun again, but, uh, there, there was something there where it, I don't feel like we saw the Gunner that we normally see. It wasn't as aggressive. We were talking about this the whole time we're watching it. Gunner Nelson, although he's always calm and really composed and very maintained, mm-hmm. he, his fighting isn't. He's usually yeah. fairly aggressive and fairly uh He's very accurate, accurate with yeah, what he does. Exactly. Yeah. And usually when he goes for those takedowns, he usually gets them. Mm-hmm. And he keeps the guy there and he, you know, uses his Bra- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt mm-hmm. and really dominates the ground game. Yeah. I think nine of his however many victories are by submission. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. really a really, really good uh Brazilian jiu-jitsu executioner. Yeah. And today we just didn't see that. I yeah. didn't see him going for as many takedowns as he normally does. I didn't see him as mm-hmm. active or aggressive as he normally is. He got a couple, but Rick popped up pretty quickly. Yeah, it was barely I don't know enough what it was. to call it a takedown. We we even speculated that maybe he had some sort of injury going into it or maybe mm-hmm. his head wasn't in the right place. It just didn't seem like the Gunnar Nelson that we're used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was Rick's night and, you know, he, again, he didn't dominate to a strong extent, but I didn't think so um, it was it was definitely enough. Yeah, yeah, it was enough. It seemed pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was more aggressive with his striking, mixing it up from the head to the body and back up. Uh, we did notice that you know, I mean, he did take he had a mouse, I think, under his right eye. Gunner was landing his fair share, um, and in that respect, might have uh, the story visually in his face might have right. looked a little bit uh, worse for wear of the two. Yeah, I, I would agree. But but he was controlling the match in general. Yeah, he really controlled the pace mm-hmm. standing up there. Yeah, especially that. And if he had he been controlling the pace, but gotten taken down a couple more times than he did, mm-hmm. maybe Gunner would have had uh, the upper hand. But he mm-hmm. just couldn't seem to solidify those takedowns. Mm-hmm. He would go for them. He would shoot, and like you said, it Gunner mm-hmm. kind of stiffed him, and he really didn't finish anything. Yeah, yeah, he kept his hands low. A lot of the match. Does he always do that? I was trying to think about that. Does he always do that though? Because I feel like he might normally do that. I, uh, not that I can remember per okay. se. Uh, he's, he's calm, um, as we said, and very accurate with what he does, you know, and intention, deliberate is right. a good word for him. But, um, yeah, it seemed like that, um, that, I noticed that being a bit, bit strange and also that, uh, towards yeah. the end, I think the fourth or the fifth round I really saw him. Tired, like visually, visibly being tired, fatigued. Yeah, yeah definitely. Fatigued, and what's not... interesting is when they were interviewing him in the cage right after the fight. Yeah, uh, they asked him, you know, what was difficult about Rick's story or whatever. What was difficult about the fight? And what he said was, 
he, Rick Story had really good cardio. Mm-hmm. So I think that was Gunnar Nelson's way of saying mine was going. Mm-hmm. Rick Story was still, you know, fairly active and it was, yeah. you know, wearing him out. Um, I did, we and you did see that. We, we were looking at that in the fourth and fifth rounds, especially. Um, but even in the first, second, and third, like you said, he came in and his hands were down. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean down by his chest level. I mean down by his, by his waist. Yeah. They were all the way down. So yeah. I don't know if it was a new style he was trying. You know, I'm thinking about, um, a lot of times, uh, just speculation. Yeah. That um, a lot of times, you know, a fighter will deal with an injury midway through a training camp, and you know, kind of go lighter in, in hopes that it heals, and it might heal enough to stay in the match. Right. Because again, this is in his hometown, you know, or at least in in his home country, and what he um, calls his native land. Yeah. 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 Um, so you know, you don't want to pull out of a match like that. Um, yeah. and, and training also with uh, Conor McGregor, him and Conor are teammates, and mm-hmm. you know they specifically did this in in part to peak at the same time. You know, have good camps. That's together. what you but, said. You were listening to Ariel Hawani's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Radio John show? Kavanaugh had mentioned this in a, uh, a conversation with uh, um, with Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, perhaps a lot of times, and I've seen this with uh, with my amateur guys. You know, an injury happens. It's not enough to pull out, but it does take away from being able to go 100% during a, a camp. Yeah. Um, and especially towards the end as you start to taper off on the hard training and you're focusing on your cardio. Right. You know, sometimes it can prevent you from not uh, – pushing not, that cardio. Yeah, pushing your cardio to the peak that it is. And that may be, you know, what we saw tonight. I don't know that that's my own speculation. Right. Um, well, he, One logical possibility, we'll say. It's definitely a possibility. He didn't make excuses uh, after the fight. Yeah. You know, he, sometimes guys will say, well, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but I actually yeah. had a broken hand the whole <laughs> time. Saying, when I, I didn't want to say anything. I really wanted to <laughs> yeah. say something. I really I'm wanted to tell you. telling you right now, please. That's usually the case, Jack. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We've seen it too many times. But if we never know, then... We will officially never know, but that would make sense. Yeah, Gunnar Nelson really seems like the type that would keep it a secret. Like he seems like a very noble, you know, guy mm-hmm. that might keep that injury a secret. Like, yeah. well, I lost anyway. Leave you it know, all in the ring. Leave it all in the cage. Talk whatever it is, hands. what it is. Yeah. But um, anyway, we have another super exciting fight night. Fight night fifty four: McDonald mm-hmm. versus Safadine in Halifax, Canada. Like we said earlier, the first one ever in Halifax, Canada. This one had uh, much more uh, title implications, at least with the uh, uh, with the main event, uh, and, and probably a few more um, recognizable names. Right. The uh, undercard, uh, the, the was I'll, I'll call it the mid card. You know the the uh, mid card, <laughs> the underneath of the main event, the main card. Right. Um, and then the uh, the prelims as well. Saw a lot of guys from Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. nations. Uh, making uh, either their you know first or second matches uh, with the UFC, uh, guys like Elias Teodoro. I hope I got that name right. Chad Laprise, who won the uh, won Ultimate Fighter Nations mm-hmm. uh, at 55. Um, Olivier Aubin uh, Merci. I think I got a typo on my notes here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Olivier Aubin uh, Merci- Mercier. Mercier. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that R there. Um, those guys, uh, you know, those guys were, were part of that season and, uh, and, and shoot on the, uh, the main event of the undercard, Darren Cookshank and Anthony and Jukwani, not, uh, not guys from tough nations, but, uh, you know, recognizable names Definitely in the names UFC roster. Definitely names before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and on the under undercard, we had Pedro mm-hmm. Munoz. Yep. He defeated Jared Sanders in the first round in 39 seconds with a guillotine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he is obviously a coach at Systems Training Center, which is the gym that I train at. He's, Your homeboy. He's my BJJ coach, my <laughs> Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach. So kudos to you, Pedro Munoz. It was his third fight in the UFC. He's now 2-1, and one, so congratulations to you. Good work, Pedro. Go, Pedro. Um, so let's start. want to start with Jason Sluggo versus Paul, the Irish Dragonfelder. We're just going to say that Paul won via split decision. Yeah, you know, we should uh, actually preface this. Uh, anybody that watched... Uh, the show that last night, or tried to watch it, rather. San Francisco Giants, Washington Nationals. You can blame baseball on this one. I um, blame baseball for everything. <laughs> the feed, uh, um, the feed for this, the main card at least, and I, I believe actually the undercard as well, the prelims, were, uh, were interrupted by this really tremendous baseball game between, uh, I think it was the first, no, second of the uh, National League Division Series. I don't cover baseball, sorry. Well, I, cover MMA. I, I know it enough to at least recognize, you know, what uh, uh, kind of a piece of history that baseball fans saw. Yes, when 18 innings. This, yeah, this match, match. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it like <laughs> it's a fight. This match, this fight between the San Francisco Giants and the Washington Nationals went extra periods. Yes. Double that of a standard regulation MMA fight. Nine innings, 18 innings. No. So it went 18 <laughs> innings, your average game going nine, of course. Fans got two baseball games for the price of one. I got to think that's pretty cool. And especially if you're following these teams and the division, that's pretty darn good, you know? Props mm. to Props to all the fans that got to enjoy that game. However... You screwed up my fight. I didn't get to see it. My DVR, I'm out of, I'm out of town. I'm driving in during the time the fight's going on, thinking no problem. My DVR, I can go home at night, watch the whole thing, you know. And What's your reaction to this? The crazy baby? <laughs> Is that what you wanted to, Please. I'm not, no, no, I'm not doing, no, it wasn't the crazy baby. Circa from, two episodes ago, ago guys, when <laughs> Jay did Fighter. his crazy baby ultimate fighter show. Lisa Ellis, crazy baby blank, bl- crazy baby blanker smash. Blanket, bloody blanket, crazy yeah, baby, crazy cake baby. Smash. To find out what crazy that is, crazy baby smasher, bloody ba- blanket, scream. Oh, just stop. Yeah, it's worse. <laughs> worse than somebody me. put a Chiron up on that one. But Peter yeah, Piper picked a pack of pickle peppers. Pickle peppers. Yeah. So, uh, so unfortunately, guys, you know there was a certain part of the main card which we haven't gotten to see, and of course you didn't either. Um, I'm happy to report though replays of the main card of uh, Rory McDonald and Tarek Safadine are going to be going on uh, at Fox Sports Two, I believe. But check your lo- local listings. Maybe Fox Sports One as well. Monday, mm-hmm. the sixth uh, tonight, actually at twelve midnight. And uh, 9 a.m. Monday uh, Monday morning, mm-hmm. Wednesday at 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. for you maniacs. <laughs> uh, so that would be, I believe, Wednesday Thursday morning, 4 a.m. and then uh, Friday at 10:30 in the evening. I believe even on the weekend. So there is opportunities to see this. There's ways this card. to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, throughout the week, and I'm going to be doing that. But. Yes, we saw some of it. We saw the the we top did. two, and then we saw some of the prelims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the prelims uh, were were pretty good here. Um, especially, I, I encourage everyone to go check out that uh, Darren Crookshank and Anthony and Jukawani match. Yes, uh, that went back and forth, and a lot of good exchanges. Darren Crookshank came out uh, the winner by unanimous decision there, uh, but that was a nice competitive match. Um, Obin Mercier. Oh. Olivier Aubin Mercier, mm-hmm. excuse me, versus uh, Jake Lindsay, uh, winning by uh, Aubin Mercier, winning by submission with a sweet reverse triangle, inverted, hey? yeah, triangle choke in with uh, round two. What I saw was a Kimura as well. <laughs> I swear he even said it after the fight. 
He did. He had the reverse triangle, and he had the other arm in what looked like a Kimura. I su- yeah, he definitely had the two on one to begin the Kimura, right? But Olivier Aubin Mercier had uh, had Lindsay's arm in front of him as opposed to in back, and I just don't think he was in right. necessarily in position to get it in back. Maybe you could have gone right. To that I, don't, I don't think he was going to finish it with the Kimura, right. but I think it was a nice distract, like you said, a distraction for mm-hmm. that triangle choke. Kept yeah. that arm busy. And got the choke. Yeah. That was beautiful. Gotta love the reverse triangle. Gotta Inverted love it. reverse. What was it triangle? I forgot how Bruce Buffer said it, but yeah, he had a fancy word in, for it. Inverted triangle choke round two. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was a very sweet, uh, uh, sweet finish there. Uh, let's see. And then, and then uh, got Mitch Gagnon versus uh, Roman Salazar. Mitch Gagnon won with a submission in the first. I believe this was part of the. Uh, uh, this is part of the main card. Yeah. That, uh, it was a rear naked choke. That we'll all see tonight at midnight, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> we'll all be up waiting. Yeah. And uh, then Elias the Spartan Theodoro mm-hmm. versus Bruno Santos. Yeah. Uh, Elias won via unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. 29, 28 across the board. Mm-hmm. Here's what I, I thought between the two shows, it, it was very interesting. Um, well, I'll finish real quickly. Uh, Trad- Chad Lapiz, who won uh, Ultimate Fighter Nations, I believe, two seasons ago, mm-hmm. uh, over Yostenis Sedeno. Pardon me if I butchered that one. The Pink Panther, I like that. That's yeah, his name. quite a nickname. Uh, unanimous decision, thirty twenty-seven across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, of the the co-main event, Rafael Asuncao versus uh, Brian Caraway. That was also unanimous decision. Yes, and that was. I believe that was twenty. Uh, was it twenty nine, twenty eight, or thirty, twenty seven? Uh, I think it was twenty nine, twenty eight. Okay, I'm not sure. You know, here's what's funny between these two shows is that in in Stockholm, Sweden, you had I'm going from the top from the very uh, sorry bottom to the top. First two uh, first two matches were round one TKO finishes, right. and I can only imagine that crowd must have been hot for that. You know? Right. Uh, then you go on to one, two, three, four, five, five. Decision matches. That's most a of long them, night. yeah, most of them unanimous decisions. Uh, aside from one, Katal Pendred right. won by split decision. Hopefully, that was an exciting one. You know, um, not to say that they can't be exciting when going the distance. True, indeed. I mean, we've seen it could have been gory, bloody, mm-hmm. horrible battles. Yeah, that people a, would a love nice to Stephen Bonner or something. Yeah, uh, that's Bonner a very good Griffin. example. Yep. Um, yeah. So, the, and then you had a bunch of sweet finishes. Uh, first round finishes in the main card. Uh, in Sweden, and then that five rounds, uh, what I th- saw was a one-sided story, Definitely. pardon the pun, between Gunner and Rick's story. So, well, you didn't expect a grand slam <laughs> like last week, did you? I mean, that's that was true. just that's, crazy. That's worth talking about. You had stars true. galore, and you had great competitive matches and finishes. Yes, you know, and what to me is is still a, a really fun title match in Demetrius Johnson versus uh, Chris Carriasso. It was one of those cards that. It was great on paper, and mm-hmm. it performed just like it looked on paper. It, it, it yeah. lived up to its name, or lived mm-hmm. up to its hype, so to speak. Yeah, uh, and then and these two fight nights, you know, were uh, lesser level stars, and there was really only one, in my opinion, that you know had uh, um, had a- any significant title implications. Of course, uh, Rory, McDonald. Rory McDonald and Tarek Safadine. Um But uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it is what it is when when you get these cards. You know, of guys that are not not top ten or top fifteen ranked mm-hmm. guys, uh, they're going in there trying to make their bones, and you know, I like seeing that though because mm-hmm. they they have you need those as much as the others. They yeah, and they have a lot to grow for. They have a lot to live for, and it's like 
They're oh, really charity. going in there trying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> trying to prove themselves mm-hmm. rather than trying to maintain some sort of top position, like we see the top ten or the top fifteen. They're mm. they're in their growth. They're in their primal. Yeah. They're really trying to get to the top. They're and they're working hard to impress. Uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. that's a that's Dressing a fair assessment. Um, Gunnar Nelson, though, I always love watching him, and he's, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a top 15er. Uh, he's ranked number 12, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a top guy. Yeah. So in, uh, in Halifax here, though, the second card, chronologically speaking. Yes. You know, only within a few hours. Uh, you had, uh, the, the main card, let's see, we had a couple of, uh, oh, my notes are all over here, but a couple of finishes, uh, in the, the, uh, the top of the undercard, and then, Three straight uh, unanimous decisions here between Elias and uh, Theodoro. Th- three straight TKOs. Well, That's you had true. a KO, a TKO, and a TKO. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you had this uh, – well, we'll talk about the, the main and the co-main here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Of course, Rafael Asuncao uh, defeating Brian Carraway uh, across the board You know, in, in, in a decision that nobody really questioned, I don't think. No. Caraway impressed me quite a bit with uh, with his uh, the grittiness, toughness. Like the really, guy really, didn't go down. Really good, dirty boxing. That's the yeah. first mm-hmm. thing I saw. Um, he was like like the announcer was saying he was pushing the fight forward the entire time. Mm-hmm. It was almost, in my opinion, like Rafael was more defensive the mm-hmm. whole time, waiting to counter. I, I think he's clearly a counter puncher, which a lot of great fighters are. So not to take away from him for that, but mm-hmm. he was kind of waiting to counter. Caraway, whereas Caraway was really pushing the fight forward. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't for his benefit. Yeah, a lot of the time it can be or, or can't be, but he was still p- pushing it. Yeah, clinching and pummeling to me seemed to be the story of this match between the two. Yeah, there was uh, as, a lot as you of said, Sun Sal was looking for his shots. He mm-hmm. would uh, get under hooks, and the both of them were you know positioning to to land knees. Sun Sal's knees looked pretty tough. Yeah, on, and his on leg Caraway. kicks. Yeah. The leg kicks, amazing leg kicks. Yep, and and landed a couple of headshots, uh, kicks to to Caraway's head, but Caraway just kept going. He did not drop, and that yep. was very impressive too. Um, but again, it was uh, it was pretty academic. I felt in terms of a uh, Sunsau's win. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a decisive win, mm-hmm. not brutal, but decisive. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then in the main event, Rory McDonald versus Tarek Safadine. Uh, they they got their finish in that one. Certainly, the yeah. hometown hero won there. Uh, well, relatively hometown Canadian at yeah. least. It was a good night for the Canadians. Yep. Um, Safadine, uh, Safadine was opening up and really keeping Rory at bay with those leg kicks. Talk about you know. more brutal leg kicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, I believe it wasn't until the third that Rory really started to uh, started to check them mm-hmm. uh, at the advice of uh, uh, Faraz Sahabi, his cornerman. Yeah. Um, Rory McDonald did end up finishing. Uh, Tarek Safadine in the third by TKO. Uh, what a drop there, huh? We finished, it was the, uh, let's see here. Uh, drops him with a left, what I'm going to call a left upper hook. <laughs> and then, it was uh, one of those like shovel hooks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Safadine, uh, dropped to the ground and, and Rory finished up with, with a series of rights just firing in his face there. Brutal ground and pound. Mm-hmm. Um, we said in the trailer, we were talking about it, he looked like a very calculated Rory McDonald. Yeah. Of Rory McDonald that we didn't see in his last fight against uh, Tyrone Woodley. In in the same way that uh, Gunner was um, deliberate, a deliberate fighter, Rory. Yes. Um, yeah, against Tyrone Woodley, he was much more uh, almost like a, a Terminator. I made the joke earlier, yeah. and I'll, I'll stand by it that Rory McDonald is the Patrick Bateman of MMA. 
this dude is just psychologically not there. <laughs> he is. Even if he is, he doesn't realize that he's not. This guy, fans, you know, check out any any interview or you'll definitely note his fashion style. The guy has a sense of fashion, like Patrick Bateman. And I don't know. I'm listen. It speaks deliberately like Patrick Bateman. I don't okay? know. I I have a real hard time. And he's a violent person, <laughs> like Patrick Bateman. If you guys don't know who I'm looking up, check out Patrick Bateman. Excellent book by uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Oh my God, J Tan. I think it's a fine line between play- mass murder and MMA. No, <laughs> I think I don't know if he's playing up this part. You know, kind of, I think it's natural, or or if it's real, I can't tell because th- this is the part that bothers me. Okay, he so in this fight specifically, after I think it was the second round, he stared down his opponent as he was recovering yeah. on the floor and w- and w- went like this, gave him like a shoulder shrug, whatever guys call that, mm-hmm. like a chest pump thingy, <laughs> and and I'm just like, oh, that was a little little it's, cold. And then after he TKO'd him in the third round, which guys, you've been watching MMA for a while, I'm sure. Every time a guy knocks a, his opponent out, there's always a hug, a you know, a recovery moment. Like, mm-hmm. hey man, great fight, you're great, you know, all this nice stuff. Yeah, he did not do that. He no. was watching him suffer and try and recover. And once again, did the like Patrick to- Bateman. Yeah, so that's all the cold stuff. But then he gets on the microphone and goes, "I have so much respect for him. He's a, <laughs> he's a really great fighter. He's a really great fighter. I really respect him." So See, I don't know if he's breaking his cold killer play or uh, – I don't think it's a play. I think, you know, thank God there is MMA because otherwise it very well could be that uh, um, he would be the most well-dressed serial killer out there in the great <laughs> white north. Um, I, I think that, you know, somebody has taught him uh, taught him the numbers of what's the right things to say. And I think honestly he is – Do you think it's that? What, what – do you think it's that somebody He told, knows the right thing him? to say. He's a smart man, to be sure. Oh, okay. I fully believe that. Um, I think that he's – my guess, and I've never met Rory at all. I, I can't speak uh, speak to personal experience. But right. I'm, I think he's probably still trying to figure out this limelight. Where to of, go with it. Yeah, and, and I don't think he's necessarily trying to ha- create a character or anything like that. This is not a, a Chael Sonnen or a Conor McGregor. It's the antithesis of that, you know. You think it this, just comes natural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just him in his natural mode, right? Which is a terrifying thing. <laughs> I don't want to be hanging with him in a dark alley at midnight, no. you know. Mm. Um, partially because he's going to be the better dressed guy, and uh, <laughs> he's going to get all the chicks. Well, if it's a dark alley, you'll be okay. Yeah, if it's a dark alley and he can't find me and I can run re- – hopefully I can run really fast. <laughs> um, but no, Rory, you know, I think that's his personality and it's it's very unique to be sure. It's definitely unique. Uh, I remember yeah. him – like something about his eyes. He has like – They don't move. <laughs> that's what it is. The guy, if he wasn't – if he wasn't Patrick the, – the, the MMA uh, personification of Patrick Bateman, the serial killer – he would be simply a robot. I'd call him Rory the Robot. He's not a robot. No, he's l- technically legally not. But, however, in behavior, there's a little bit of that. Not to say that there's not room for robots in MMA. Well, Rory McDonald. Well, maybe not in the cage. We'd love to have you on. <laughs> I will interview you because Jay Tan thinks you're a robot. I Remember will... that when you come on. <laughs> Bring your switchblade or whatever it is. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rory certainly did establish himself. You know, there was a lot of talk of, of this being the match to uh, solidify himself as number yeah. one contender. Now, Rory McDonald, le- welterweight title. McDonald definitely is a contender. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely on his way to getting that title shot. Mm-hmm. Personally, one of my favorite fighters to watch. I really like watching Rory McDonald. 
there's a charm to uh, there is. there's a charm to that cold quality to them. <laughs> I think cold is is exact cold and deliberate is exactly the oh, right way to chance. describe that guy. All right, you know who else is very cold and deliberate? Who? Patrick Bateman. Oh my Just saying. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to wrap up here. J Tan. Who do you want to say hi to? What moms do you want to bring ice cream to? Well, <laughs> I want to bring ice cream to all the moms. But actually, who's the Patrick Bateman? <laughs> Touche. All right. Uh, yeah, mom. Um, I ran out of the zucchini bread, so you know, just saying. Pumpkin but otherwise, bread. tis the season. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll get some pumpkin bread out of this. But uh, otherwise, I'm all over your Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at jtan seven one six. Jtan. Uh, you can find me at DarryB28. I will be fighting this Saturday night, guys. Yes. Oh, my God. It's this week. I'm so excited. Woo-hoo! It is my amateur MMA debut. It is in, uh, I think it's Adelanto. We've been pronouncing it wrong all this time. Mm. Adelanto, California. Uh, it's up by Bakersfield on the way to Vegas. California Fight League, right? California Fight League. Yep. Uh, Maverick I'm the Stadium. first fight. Maverick Stadium, 6 p.m. Get tickets from me. Go on my Facebook and find 20 bucks, guys. So cheap. I got three seats in my car. We're road tripping up there. Might be four if Georgie flakes out. Okay. Uh, there you go, and guys. everybody except Rory McDonald is welcome into my car. Oh, my God. Just saying. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! That's good. Yeah, you like that? The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.